Joining me on the line is Kevin Fraser, who has been impacted by COVID-19, but I think he will help us uh, lighten the mood a little bit and panic less around this issue of COVID-19. It is seven minutes past ten. 702. WhatsApp us now on 072-702-1702. Mr. Fraser, how are you doing? I'm really good, thanks yourself. No, great stuff. I, I watched a couple of your 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 viral videos, and uh, you're quite a funny bloke. Uh, excellent observations. I loved especially the one on uh, South African supermarkets and what ends up happening in them. And it's true to form. That's exactly what happens when you get into uh, whether it be a Woolies, uh, Shoprite, uh, Pick and Pay, whatever. Your, your, your poison may be when it comes to, to, to various supermarkets. But I understand that COVID-19 has, it in, had, has had an impact even on you. Um, you had a massive show planned and now you've had to postpone all the way to October. I know, we've had to halt all of a sudden and it's just been, yeah, a huge pause in I think a lot of artists' lives at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, towards the end of our conversation I'll just ask you to remind people of when that show is happening uh, you know what are the dates and uh, what what the show entails but I mean let's talk about a phenomenon that I find extremely interesting and I think there's a couple of people that have really me- managed to um, hit the nail on this one and we know now that a lot of our social media so stuff that we self-publish things that we put out whether it be on Facebook whether it be on YouTube whether it be on mm. Twitter or Instagram, uh, some some of some people have been like yourself have been able to turn it into a broadcasting platform uh, where you're able mm-hmm. to entertain and uh, uh, you know and, and very few people are able to look at you and say that this is just a waste of time that this is now turned into an actual career for you. Hundred percent, yeah. In my in my case, it was it was almost by accident that just putting yourself out there online on on socials every week or every second day, just posting your content, whatever it may be, could actually lead to something viable in the future, whatever it may be. And I mean, what was that like? What was the journey like for you? I mean, was it a deliberate thing? Was it something that you woke up one day and you said, "Okay, this is going to be something I'm going to focus on. Uh, this is going to be, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, this is going to be a career move." Mm. Or was sure, this I mean, one of those things that you just did for fun and, uh, you know, a few thousand people watched it and, I don't know, Facebook or YouTube said, hey, listen, we can give you some money in exchange <laughs> for, for what you've done. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, with Facebook and YouTube, you can't you can't really make a viable living off of that alone. It's it's more just an exposure thing, I guess. But for me, in the beginning, that was exactly what it was all about. It was just a, a, it was a place for me to be able to diarize my life in the form of a vlog and put it out there. And I had no intention of making it a career or anything. So for the first couple of uh, months and then eventually a year or two, I was just putting content out there as a means to keep people updated in a funny way about my day. And mm, mm. it was only until someone commented on one of my very, very uh, first viral videos and said, well, where's his next sort of performance? And I thought, what do you mean performance? And that's when it hit. I was like, okay, so these people are prepared to pay, then let's just turn this into something. <laughs> and that became stand-up. That is quite awesome. And I mean, and, and your your style, I mean, you know, for, for people that haven't come across you yet, because obviously, you know, we, we have different formats or different styles when it comes to stand-up com- comedy in particular. Mm. So uh, a Trevor Noah does what I call observational comedy, very similar to what mm. a Jerry Seinfeld did back in the day. 
Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's this guy's name? Um, I, for, I keep on forgetting his name, but, but he's one of my favorites, actually. Extremely rude. Um, uh, Dice, Andrew Dice Clay is an example. You know, he does the yeah. very rude, obnoxious, uh, <laughs> makes you cringe stuff but you know secretly you're laughing mm. at it and you're thinking to yourself yeah mm. we've all had that thought so <laughs> you know all had that moment yeah <laughs> you all, yeah that was <laughs> there was a, there was a i think there was a moment that made us all feel a bit of pain for for that uh, heckler but you know these things uh, we have all these different genres for lack of a better term within stand-up comedy how do you describe yours mm. i would say uh observational humor as well because it's like being a sponge, you know, you, you, you're just watching what's going on around you and the situations at play, especially when you're traveling a lot, you just have to be a sponge. And that became an instant form of delivery for me. You know, I'm also very uh, influenced by the likes of Eddie Murphy and back in the day, Robin Williams. I, I just love their style of humor. They just immersed themselves into a character or position and just went for it in delivering it in a funny way. I hear you. And, and what makes that funny? And um, perhaps I'm, I'm asking you now to perform, inverted commas, but um, how, how, what makes it so funny? Because ultimately, I, you know, I sit there as an audience member, whether I'm watching you online or I'm sitting in, this, you know, mm. in, in, in uh, whatever, you know, uh, what do we call it, theater or I watch mm. you on stage. And, and I, you know, you, you speak of things that I encounter on a day-to-day basis, right? But ultimately, mm-hmm. um, what ends up happening is that you, you sit there and you think to yourself, yeah, even though I've experienced that in a supermarket, even though I've experienced that in a casino or, um, you know, in the office, the fact of the matter is, is that it's funny. So even though it's mundane mm-hmm. and I see it on a day-to-day basis, I still find it excessively funny. What makes that tick for people ultimately? I think it's it's firstly it's definitely in the, in the delivery. How are you gonna? I say to myself, how am I gonna present something that's happened to me today? For example, in the supermarket, I experienced this that was so funny. So, in order to deliver it, am I gonna exaggerate it? Am I gonna deliver it from a certain um, persona? For for example, me, can I can I be a? Uh, should I present it as a as a female? Should I be a guy? Should I do this? How am I gonna How am I gonna deliver it? And what key points am I gonna exaggerate? And play on that, and I do a lot of exaggeration in, in my sort of stuff. And um, I think, depending on where you're watching it, it's also just your expressions and how you're going to deliver it. You know, doing a, a video that mm. you can watch on YouTube or Facebook is going to be such a different experience to whether you're going to see me on stage live doing it. And I suppose that's also a blessing as well to be able to see the different deliveries. Um, and it's also a challenge for you as an artist to kind of go, well, this is a video. This is stage. How are they going to come across? I guess ultimately the the point of it all is that you know it's it's about delivery and and being able to hit the mark and it's it's one of those things. How do I put it? That you can't you know you you can't sort of you can you must be able to predict it because it needs to hit the right note. That's what I'm getting at. But um, it's it's a it's mastery in itself. It's it's an art form in itself. I guess, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's been a very interesting journey for me as well because prior to being a comedian, you know, I was a DJ and for many years you, you're you applying that sort of emotional energy as an artist to play song after song and, and what sort of... Uh, you just got to have that knack to like read a crowd or understand what needs to come next. And it's the same kind of energy that you apply in comedy as well. You've got to just 
feel which way you've got to go uh, by this unknown energy or intuition, I guess. And I suppose that's where the mastery comes in, where you just have to understand. So, so what are you sensing from this audience, the silent audience that's sitting there and listening to you critically, who are mm. talk radio mm. listeners, uh, who are happy to engage <laughs> and, and criticize and critique at any, you know, at the yes. drop of a hat? <laughs> exactly. Well, it's uh, in in terms of doing actual uh, performances, I guess. I've I've found ways in which to set up the beginning of like your show in, in which way you, you're going to present something to know that if something's not clearly not working, you're going to have to do a quick turn to go this way <laughs> or that way. It sounds like my my entire career for the last eight years, dude. <laughs> when I open up lines <laughs> and and I exactly. and I decide to lead with the wrong conversation, I promise you, there's nothing that uh, is worse than the sound of crickets for nearly an hour. That's when you you pray for that next news bulletin or for that ad break. But <laughs> or just own up to it, especially when you come. I just own up to it and be like, "Hey, guys, this listen that last one." <laughs> That was terrible, or, or something like that. Just own it and be honest. Sometimes I've done, you know, obviously performances where you kind of just stop and you're like, "What was I saying?" Like, just just connect with your audience, and then that actually becomes funnier than what jokes coming next, really. And then you end up surprised as an artist <laughs> or humbled. Has that ever happened to you? Where you know yeah. you're standing on stage, mic in hand. Um, you know, the, the, the drum roll hits, and then a silence. <laughs> and then people are staring back at you with, with glazed over eyes. Exactly. Now, that, ha- that happened to me. Um, it actually happened to me earlier this year in New Zealand. I was doing, uh, I had a few shows one night after night, and it was it obviously just been a long haul, like running music gigs and then um, I came on guns blazing ready to rock my one show and I just kind of blanked I was like wait uh, what happened what was my line <laughs> <laughs> why would that happen though because my assumption is is that and, and it's not about pre- preparing I mean I, I remember you know John Robbie uh, uh, a former colleague of ours that, that I learned so much from I mean his motto was it's uh, what was it Jarius uh, two hours of prep for every hour of radio that you do um, I yeah. don't expect that necessarily, but the thing about a, a stand-up show, in my mind at least, I've never done stand-up, but in my mind, I always think that you're going to hit the stage, uh, you're going to do de- deliver your stuff, people are going to feel it, people are going to laugh. Ultimately, it's stuff, especially with observational comedy, as you said, it's stuff that you've seen on a day-to-day basis. Um, <clears throat> what is that moment that makes you go, wow, I, I actually forgot what I wanted to say? <laughs> I think it's just uh, it's just a moment in time where Mother Nature comes across and just wants to humble you for five seconds and tell you I've still got a, a grip on this, so don't get don't don't ever think you're too funny or too cool or whatever. So you have a brief second where Mother Nature just takes away all your all your memory. But I, but what I have found before, other than that, is is just when you think too hard at the moment about what the other person's thinking or and the other person being the audience member. If you're thinking too hard about what they're thinking, yeah. you're putting yourself in this frame of your mind where you're not able to come up and deliver or improvise or be on or just be cool and funny what you're there to be. Because uh, then you stop being an artist and now you're selling something and, and ultimately people sense mm. it, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's why you have to go out with an open mind. And I suppose this just takes time and, and practice through anything you do. And just go out there with an open mind and, and, and allow a way for the connection to take place. How are you going to break the fourth wall? Uh, is someone particularly funny in the front row? Are they wearing a, a funny colored top? Is something that you can work with and just build that connection from the get-go? No, I hear you on that one. I mean, that's obviously extremely important. What What would you say to young people who are listening to us right now, having this conversation, a very serious conversation, by the way, from a stand-up com- comedian? Um, <laughs> what would you say to young Let's people? Make ten, otherwise they get like, it's not funny. It's not so serious. Well, no, exactly. People are going to sit there and say like, oh, is this guy a motivational speaker or what? But, <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, I mean, for uh, there's a lot of young people that are obviously uh, seeking mm. their, their 15 minutes of fame. So, to speak, um, yeah. you know, and then especially from where you and I started the conversation talking about going viral, a mm. lot of young people in particular are looking for their moment to go viral, um, you know, to, yeah. to, to, to use their social media platforms, whether it be mm. Instagram, Facebook or, or, or YouTube. And I guess also it doesn't help that we have uh, our friends in, in America that tend to uh, make careers from these things and, and they have people who support them on Patreon and goodness knows whatever else. Ultimately, what would your advice be to those pe- young people listening to the show right now thinking this is my uh, ticket to quick fame and fortune mm-hmm. and, you know, I'd be able to buy a nice Bentley within a year? For sure. My advice would be that, look, I know we live in a time where there is that that search for constant, uh, constant instant gratification. You know, there's those five-second videos, and we've got these platforms, like you say, coming up that that have um, been created in such a way to drive instant uh, instant laughs, instant funny, instant cool. What I would say is, look, also take the time to switch all of that off and just find your inner creativity instead of constantly looking for influence and taking influence online from the whores of information and content that we can currently access. I would say to be able to switch off and just completely try and find what inside you makes you creative and how you can be different and what you can deliver from your own personality and voice would be a key thing. And I would say it's it's important to start your day by doing that or applying that rule before picking up your mobile and diving into what the rest of the world has to say and offer because it's very noisy out there online. So in order to find your own voice, you have to kind of switch off from it. Mm. No, no, definitely. Um, and I think that that's part of the, the biggest issue, isn't it? Is, is that the noise out there um, makes it so much more difficult for, for, for people to be able to uh, stand out, for lack of a better term. And, and everyone is uh, trying to carve out their, their little piece. Uh, you know, and then especially, I guess, on, on social media platforms, you're not only competing with other South Africans, you're competing with the world, actually. Totally. And in this particular time, more than ever, everyone is uh, having to be forced into position to, to, to have their, their say and have their voice heard. So, so the one thing that stands out for me is, I mean, you, you do accents as an example, and obviously it's reflective of the people in this country, but obviously we also live in a country that's hypersensitive, and I think that's something that we can't get away from. I mean, a lot of the time, uh, you know, we've, we've heard about, um, uh, what is the word, uh, appropriation, cultural appropriation. So mm. if someone uh, is an example, wears condros at the wrong point in time, then it's cultural appropriation, and they unliked. Mm. Uh, you do an accent um, and someone would say, but now you're mocking, say, black people or you're mocking mm. people, whatever. Is that something that you mm. deal with on a regular basis? How do you get past that? 
Um, in terms of having, um, what, negative feedback on this kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, I mean, on your on your actual shows and, and how do you deal, mm-hmm. not just with negative feedback. I mean, anyone can bitch and moan, sure. ultimately. Anyone can be For a heckler sure. and, and, and tell Kevin or, or give, uh, you know, I can always come back and tell Kevin, I, I think this is what you should have done in the show. And that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about um, sensitivities, <laughs> you know, sensitivities, being politically correct as a comedian. How For do sure. you deal with that? Some Comedians, for example, tell me that they find with a woke crowd and that they it pushes their comedy with the time. Other people turn around and say, "No, uh, I'm I'm going to remain politically incorrect and I'm going to tick people off." That's who I am. Where do you stand on the? I stand? guess uh, for sure. I guess it just uh, depends where that, for example, comedian stands on the scale of what kind of comedy they're delivering and who their audience is. And like you said in the beginning, we've got some very interesting examples of people who are way sort of politically correct and others who are way left of field in the kinds of content they deliver. And I suppose when I started delivering my, my stuff in the beginning, I just kind of crafted an audience for myself that what was quite, um, is quite sort of uh, just a clean cut audience that enjoys nice, fun, clean humor. And I, I learned that very quickly. So I learned that I couldn't go down a path where, uh, and I didn't want to go down a path where I was, um, very crude and swearing and that was my that's just not who I am so it's not mm. what I'm going to do on stage and it's very very important in, in how you're delivering something and what's being said what kind of language are you using um, how are you delivering it and that can be the fine line between being sort of fun and uplifting and then offensive uh, for example and it depends where you're delivering uh, your content as well as to sort mm-hmm. of what you can do too. Because a lot of what I uh, love to entertain my South African audiences for just wouldn't cut it entirely in the UK or Australia or America and Canada as I've found. But uh, then again, being who you are also helps to, uh, you know, just with your authenticity and... Uh, People like to see how you, just your personality and that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, ultimately, that's what people want. And uh, I think that it's it's excellent that you actually pointed to the fact that um, it's it's difficult, I think, across the, you know, from a global perspective uh, to d- adapt as well. I mean, how, how m- are you on the international scene? We know that South African uh, stand-up comedians export very well. Um, that we are able to obviously uh, hit the funny bone for uh, you know for people across the world, but uh, <clears throat> as you said, you know certain things are extremely parochial. I mean, making a joke about a bry with a boot is is something <clears throat> that you uh, that only lands well in South Africa. It doesn't really land well everywhere <clears throat> else. You know, people don't necessarily get it. They don't necessarily understand it. So, from well, that perspective, very how, true, yeah, yeah. So, how 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 has it worked out for you in that space? Well, it's very interesting you say that because uh, I actually did a show uh, last was it last year or the year before in Hong Kong. Uh, wow. All I know is that it was when, when Hong Kong was all right, like there was no drama. And um, I did a show there and I was very nervous because of this reason. I was very nervous because I was thinking to myself, how, how am I going to be received here? I'm mm. used to 
doing what I do. Now I'm in Hong Kong. We're looking at a what was a very worldly audience. Um, when I was backstage, I, I was hearing the, the comedians before me, and I got a sense that there was quite a European audience, uh, quite a lot of Germans. Then there were uh, South African expats that followed me, and there were Americans, Canadians, and um, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, one of the comedians that jumped up before me actually jumped on um, Mandela's accent and he started doing uh, sort of, a, yeah, a Mandela sort of impersonation. And mm. whilst I thought it was, when you when you heard that from an actual accent point of view, that it was really uh, good, he was really, really good, it was just what was being said that wasn't probably the best idea in my opinion. So therefore, I think it wasn't that well received. So, with I would have loved to have done it something myself, but I would have uh, said different things. It's just it's just what you're what you're saying, not just the delivery. It's so important, I think. So that's where you have to be careful. Let's be honest. I mean, we've all found ourselves. I think me way more often than I wanted to. Where um, you know, you you say something, you think it's initially funny in in your brain. Mm. It, it, it really is funny. And mm. let's be honest, you piss people off. Uh, you know, it, mm. it happens very, very easily. I mean, is that, um, that's ultimately what, what happened with this blog? Yeah, I think so. It was, it was, uh, you know, it, it got that initial thing and then I think it, it sinks in and then um, you kind of go, wait, let me re- just have a moment of reflection on that. And you, and you just feel the energy. You know, it's mm. the same way if you, if you got a really good joke or you hit, you really hit the the nail on the head, and then you, you you don't just pass on to the next one. You ride that joke out. You're like, wait, hang on, I've got a good one. Let's let that sink in. Let's let the laughter come back. Let's maybe blink an eyelid to someone else and just let it carry on. And that's where you have that moment also for comedians where they've hit the nail on the head with a really good punchline. Now it's time to kind of ride that wave like a surfer and just and maybe play something else off of that joke just to get an extra laugh. And then that becomes um, what I've called the absolute point of hilarity. <laughs> want to get <laughs> mathematical about it just to sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I mean, it's, it's it, it, you know, when I was in school, uh, my teacher did tell me that math sort of applies to any situation. So thank you for clarifying that one. Kevin, listen, mate. <laughs> I mean, it sounds fascinating, and uh, I, I really do wish you all the best. Unfortunately, COVID nineteen is clapping us all on on all kinds of levels. Uh, now, you know, movies. I, I watched a YouTube video earlier on today, and and it sucks because a whole bunch of movies I've really been looking forward to have either been completely cancelled uh, because uh, of the continuous delays. Alternatively, um, you know, they they're going to come out much much later on, uh, which sort of sucks. Uh, so. Um, I guess the same applies to comedy shows, theater shows, all kinds of stuff that we've wanted to participate or, or at least enjoy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's like 2019 plus plus. We, we're extending everything. <laughs> Good. Because we certainly, yeah, we certainly don't want to remember too much of 2020. Hopefully, hopefully it gets better. No, you know what's the thing for me? I'm done with 2020. It's it's the first quarter is not even finished, and it's already we have a glo- we have a zombie apocalypse on our hands. We we don't have electricity. Uh, Sussel shares are worth nothing. Uh, you know, we we it's just a mess, man. It's I don't know what's going on. But somehow, because the whole world's in it, we kind of have this sense of uh, compassion. Eh? We're all in this together, dude. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> <laughs>
please. <laughs> Listen, uh, when are your shows happening um, in October? Do you have any idea when and where? And uh, uh, both for Joburg and Cape Town, because of course, uh, uh, it's not just Joburg is listening to us tonight. <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, Joburg, we've moved to uh, the 10th of October, Saturday the 10th at Carnival City. And uh, then Cape Town is occurring on the 7th of November, Saturday, also uh, at the same venue. Yeah, it's that circus term. That is so awesome. Will you be making use of social media or do people actually have to pay to come watch this one? <laughs> people must pay. <laughs> this is the one, one time they must pay, but they get a live experience. So, yeah, they can come. They can come and see me live. They can follow all my stuff at social media, uh-huh. um, my channels to find out for tickets and stuff. And then just uh, tell us, what do they look for when they're looking for you on social media? At Kevin Fraser Official. That's it. Awesome stuff, dude. Listen, thank you so much for your time. All the best to you and uh, good luck with the shows, uh, especially the ones really that you still have it. to do. <laughs> thank you. Well, it's going to be a long holiday, I think, for, for us artists for a while, but we'll create instead. Hey, listen, this is where, uh, you know, YouTube monetization better be working. And, and I don't know, Facebook, I, I'm not too sure how the Facebook thing works. I'm not even going to pretend that I know. And, and uh, in fact, I don't even know how the YouTube thing works because I think they've changed their rules recently and all kinds of things. I've saw, seen a whole bunch of my favorite guys on, on YouTube complaining about what's happening on YouTube. So, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Good luck, I guess. Just like insurance policies, they change their rules also. <laughs> Good luck, man. All the best, man. Thank Back you. On. Cheers, man. Thanks. Ciao. That's Kevin Fraser. Uh, he's a stand-up. His show has been moved to October, unfortunately.